friends, and welcome to your Life Now show. This is Coach Ria. I am your host, and I'm always so delighted to be here with you live on the air. However, this is you probably going to be hearing this re-recorded because I have a, a private interview with my guest today. But as usual, I'd like to introduce you to your host, Ria Wilkie. I am your, I am a life coach. I am the founder of Your Life Now LLC. It is a professional life coaching service. And I work with my clients um, personally and professionally, helping them achieve uh, positive results in their life and in their business as well. And uh, if you'd like to know more about me and what I do, and if you would like to get some more information about coaching with me, please reach me on my website at www.coachingbyria.com. I always like to set my intention in the beginning of the show. For those of you who listen to the show prior to this time, they know that I always put it out there. My intention of doing this show is really to inspire you to look at all the available choices out there. It's your right to make the right choice for you, specifically for you. So all I ask of you on the show here is to really have an open mind and open heart. My guests here that comes on the show are professional um, guests, and uh, we try to cover a lot of different areas that impact our life. You know, I do it in my coaching, and I try to do it here on the show. Some of these areas that impact our life, it's personal, professional growth, personal relationships, professional relationships, money, finances, career, self-esteem, and overall the quality of life. The show is, is intended to be thought-provoking. So if you'd like to know more about my guests, please reach them directly. I always post their information on the site of the show page. And then, of course, you can reach me directly at www.coachingbyria.com. You are in for a treat today, my friends. I say to, I want to ask you this question. I said, if I ask you, can you use laughter in your life? I think we all can. But can you combine inspirational message with comedy? And the answer is yes. My guest today is here to share a few inspirational messages with you through laughter. Kyle Seeds is my guest today. He is a comedian. He's an author, an actor, an acclaimed inspirational speaker. Kyle is a guy who believes that life is a playground and we are here to enjoy it. And it's important to live in the moment. That's something I always mention. It's really bringing ourselves back to that present moment. And uh, and he's been making a lot of impact in the world through his stand-up comedy. Kyle is a very highly demanded guy. And uh, he has a stand-up comedy cross the, coast to coast. And uh, all I, uh, of course, I want to mention in 2009, Kyle won the 2009 Comedy Central Stand-Up Showdown competing among 100 best comics in the business. What a great guy to have. I am so delighted to have you here, Kyle. Welcome. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for having me. I wish that um, I wish that I could have that intro anywhere I went. Like if I just was about to walk into a friend's house, like his friend could be there going. Uh, before Kyle comes in, let me just tell you about him. He's an acclaimed speaker. You know, I, I just think everyone should know everyone else's credits before they even have a dialogue with him. So I really appreciate hearing that oh, my because it, it boosts my ego too. Ah. I mean, like, there's no way I can hear all that before I start and then and then not be good at this. <laughs> like, well, you know what you have to do? You have to just call me a few minutes before, and I'll be more than happy to do that for you. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's just beautiful. You should do that with everything. Like, you know, the dog wants to go outside, and you're like, now this dog is the best at going outside, and watch your puppy, like, get all pumped. And, like, in 2009, he won Dog of the Year, and he's just all confident. So thank you for you that. You know, my dog actually does I, – I treat her like that because she's such, such a little, uh, you know, princess. She thinks she's the queen of the house. I have a Bichon. And uh, the more I try to tell her how good she is, you know, the better she gives me what I want. So right. like, <laughs> if I don't treat her like that, she's like she gives me the attitude, you know, kind of like, no, I don't think so, lady. <laughs> you know, and I use this in my professional. My background, I come from a corporate sales. And I used to like, you know, in sales you get hammered all the time with rejection. No, 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 before you get an yes. Mm-hmm. So the way I used to boost my ego is by going to my happy client, right? So I go to my mm-hmm. happy client and say, can you tell me what you like about me? And that oh, was good it. job. That's all it's Yeah. So, and then and, you sell more because when yeah. you're in that, you know, when you're in that state, I mean, that's whatever you're feeling. It, it's weird how much we try to do something to get something. But if you are in alignment with yourself, how many things just happen way more than you could envision, way more than you can plan. So that's that's a good thing. You know, that's beautiful. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I found my passion. Um, I know I heard you speak. You know, you had a lot of many interviews. Of course, I watched you. I wanted to share with our listener a um, couple of things. I actually, I um, I sort of like bumped into Kyle. It's like the law of attraction that works, you know. Um, you know, I, I always have great speakers, and it's always about like, you know, somebody come in and, and talk about, you know, what I teach, right? So I'm a life coach. And I, in my mailbox, here you are, Kyle sees, you know, the life is a playground. I think was that was your uh, YouTube video, right? Was oh, it? sure, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, so I watched it and I shared it on my Facebook and I shared it on Twitter and I'm like, I gotta have this guy come on my show. I'm like, how I would never have thought to bring in a, a comedian, you know, who has a great message to share with the world. And mm-hmm. through he used his passion for what he does as a comedian to also inspire others to live their better life and 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 to really find out exactly what makes life better and i i really appreciate you but like i well, said bumped into you so that's really yeah that's really well that's really cool and and it's weird because i feel like there is a middle ground that is missing um in other words like in stand-up comedy i've been a, i've been a comic since i was a little kid i've had two comedy central specials i've done all the late night shows and a lot of movies and stuff like that and i can tell you that and I don't mean this knocking them. I mean, there's a beauty to that, too. But it is the most cynical industry on the planet. I mean, their job is to put point out what's wrong with everything and why things aren't possible. A lot, not all of them. There's some great, you know, positive comics. But I, when I'm in a comedy club, you know, you just you want to cry a lot of times because the right. people – it's very – it's very dark, and it's a, you know, it's a very, uh, can be very lonely. You live on the road, and it's it's just a crazy thing. And then, and so, you know, I went through some lows in my life that I'm happy to talk about in a bit, and then, and then they caused me to comprehend how much life, how amazing life is, and I, I believe our lows are the greatest thing that happened to us because they're the only thing that caused us to wake up. And then I, I started going to things like, I don't know if you know what agape is, but working mm-hmm. with people oh, yeah. like, yeah, I'm working with people like Michael Beckwith and Bob Proctor and all these guys, and it's funny because a lot of times when you go to those things, there's so many amazing positive people, but a lot of times there's like a there's like a, a per, people that are spiritual, but then there's the kind of 
I don't want to say fake spiritual, but it's mm-hmm. like the ones that, that stare at you way too long. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> they, right. They, they, they change, right. Yeah, they change their name to something like, you know, Sunshine Maka Rainbow. And you're like, okay, wait a minute. There's got to be a balance here, you know, because there's because we got to be able to have a sense of humor because there's so many speakers that are so good at what they do, but it's so serious. And I I really believe that the the the, the next level past this is is going back to your childhood state of playing and laughing and not being mad if you hear something that's out of alignment with you know, with your exact rules. Because a lot of times when we get spiritual, sometimes we make the mistake of having so many rules, like I get mad if I hear a swear word or, you know, whatever. And it's just it's just playing. Our natural childhood state right. is, is this effort-playing thing. You were born creating. All you did was create. And then as time moves on, society turns you into a consumer because, you know, we're playing and everything's funny and fun and you 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 chose to create more than, like, if you were a kid drawing and your parents took you out to dinner, you couldn't wait to get home as opposed to when you grow up, now you can't wait to go out to dinner, you know, <laughs> like you're right. at work going, I just need to consume something and you've learned to associate your pleasure to getting from an external source and that's the only way that they could make us uh, buy things is to 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 move us to a fear-based place where the news scares you, you know, constantly by showing old plane crashes and people in cities that you aren't in that went, you know, were murdered or whatever. And you know how not scared of flying we would be if they just oh, told I us know. about the, you know do you know how not scared mm-hmm. of flying we'd be if they just told us about the thirty thousand flights a day that made it. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, that's why I don't listen to the news. I mean, you know, we have enough the media. I mean, you know, you you can't avoid the news, unfortunately, because you log on to Facebook, you hear somebody post something. You know, I try not to read that stuff, you know, because I'm like, you know what, you have something good to post on on there, then I want to hear about it, you know. But don't give me, you know, that crap because, I mean, and see, the thing is, I, I feel like, you know, we are a consumer society, so we always consume, we always want things from the outside. The creativity becomes a very scarcity in in, yeah. in in our time right now, unfortunately. But someone like you, I mean, you know, to combine two, you know, two things, I mean, to make somebody laugh and at the same time inspire them, I think you are hitting the jackpot, my friend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and you, you want to know... Something even cooler about it is is the lesson that I'm getting out of it. You know, we constantly, when we try to get something, we try to see how it's been done. In other words, like, I need to make money, so I need to go get a job. And then you picture what jobs are out there. Now, I can tell you, for me, the same thing happened as a comedian. My mind used to be, oh, there's like 100,000 other comedians. How do I stay on the top of the headlining circuit? How do I do this? I had no clue that when I brought my real principles in, what I really believe in in inspiration and and motivation and how much I believe in this. First of all, that, you know, I'm in a comedy club and I can't say these things as much, you know, because they'll just call you a cult leader or whatever. Right, right. But but if I, and, and when I'm in a comedy club, you're you're with 30 other comics. You can't say what you believe. In the audience, there might be one talent scout from Conan or something like that. And and you know, when I do a week at a club, it it pays a a, a mediocre amount. Or 
I could go to a Tony Robbins seminar or Agape or something, and I could do my stand-up there, and I can say exactly what I want. I'm the only comedian, and the entire audience are the boss of that talent scout, and they all want to get lunch with me. Right. And and it's been this bizarrely effortless, much faster flow because I found this niche that aligns with my heart completely that I've never seen really before. And it's it's weird how much more effortless this world is. It's it's like so I'm I'm not in comedy clubs as much anymore because you know, one night doing a college where I motivate the kids or whatever is more fulfilling, and it pays ten times more than an entire week at a comedy club. Right. And, and um, you know, in that realm, too, I have millionaire business owners asking me to coach them and get them in the zone and, and, I, and work with all these different people. And I have students and, and do my own seminars, and I've, I find myself living in a playground of abundance versus hoping that the right comedy club calls me. And and I think that that story is very symbolic of all the people out there who are looking for a job. If you're looking for a job and trying to become uh, like everybody is, you're you're missing something because we have the Internet. You have the ability to create anything you're good at. And there might be people listening going, well, I'm just good at playing this one Xbox game or whatever. Well, guess what? That creates a game. It will not even if you're only good. Let's say you're just good at playing some Xbox game or a Nintendo game. You're like the best at it, but that's all you do. Believe it or not, you could make a YouTube video of how to get to the end of that, and then you'd suddenly have a ton of followers because everyone is just looking up how to do anything on YouTube. And even if it's something like just eat, if you're good at eating popcorn and that's it, you know, like, believe it or not, that would be a, that could be a viral video. <laughs> like, Well, you know, finding your niche, basically what you're saying. I mean, you know, it's, it's feeling, but I want to ask you, you know, I'm, I'm also a life coach, so I have to tell you something. If I ask you, Kyle, if mm-hmm. you can just tell me who is Kyle and how did you become the person that you are right now? I think um, one of the ways, one of the ways I you mean you mean what's my biography? I guess there's two. No, ways. no, I mean no, I don't want you to say what I just mentioned. You know, like I'm a yeah. comedian, I'm an author. I'm who is Kyle? What makes Kyle the person he is? What, I what, think one of the one of the things that I've been doing is is noticing <clears throat> where my labels are and removing them. And because mm-hmm. because so many people say to me, well, well you got to like they have this you know, this label thing where they go, are you a comedian or an inspirational speaker? Or are you, and the more I undo labels, it gives me the more freedom. Like, I I, I do both. I mean, I'm, I'm, I do all of it. And um, I would say who I am is unconditional change. Who I am uh-huh. is, is yeah. yeah, this this constant progressing thing. I mean, I am completely not who I was five years ago. You're talking to a guy who five years ago was 80 to 90 pounds bigger, who had a very messy place, who, you know, ate really badly, lived on the road, partied all the time. And now I'm in an extremely meditative state at my ultimate health. I only eat raw food. And, um, you know, I'm in an amazing relationship and it's, and I'm, I'm, it's, and it's, and the weird thing is it's always evolving. It's just 
it's just constantly different. And um, so I will tell you that if you could live in my brain, you'd notice that all I'm doing is having a breakthrough probably every three or four seconds. I'm, my mind is in this bizarre... Creative. Mm-hmm. It, it's in this processing and realization. Uh, it's Once you have your first realization that everything you thought was true isn't, you start to question in a great way everything and and it's really beautiful and and um i don't know if that makes sense to you what I'm it saying. makes a lot of sense to me i mean but i yeah. think maybe we you know we try to clarify to our listeners because because i come i share what you share i i, I feel yeah. what you're feeling it's that's that's who i am um but uh i think some some of us like kind of awaken um, I mean, you know, I, I go back with Michael Beckwith because I've been, you know, um, one of his, you know, follower. I've been to a lot of his, his public speaking. I actually have some pictures with him, <laughs> quite a bit yeah. of pictures. I love the guy. I love, you know, uh, um, you know, him and his wife. They are great people. And if I can just move to L.A. just to be at the Sundays, uh, you know, which I do as streaming anyway, so it's not a big deal. But anyway, to make a long story short, what I was trying to say, and I just lost my soul, <laughs> being in the flow of faith. Um, sure. It, it, it basically, well, come on, help me out. I I really did lose my thought. <laughs> well, Why did I start talking about? Um, I think it's that? what's really funny is as you're saying. Oh, I know things. what I want to say. I'm sorry. Oh, sure. No, 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 because I wanted to get, get to you to see exactly what made you change to be the person you are. I mean, okay, so this is what I was sure. trying to say. I say we all trying to, like, awaken, right? We we awake from, I think that's, you know, when you start really being awake, you realize, you know, life is really good, and we can simplify things. We can start creating. We can start enjoying life. But some of us, you know, start waking up because of some adversity, because of some problems that we have. And unfortunately, some people who are not awake, they either lose it, you know, they lose the game, and they get off, you know. Some people, unfortunately, they got so much in trouble, you know. I mean, I, I, it really bothered me when I heard about Whitney Houston because I felt like she really never had a chance to kind of wake up and realize yeah. that she had, she was an amazing person. I grew up listening to her music, and it was a really, really effective on me um, to hear about her loss. But some people, like I said, they either lose, you know, they can't get up, and some people get up, and they get stronger. They get become right. stronger. And I think, you know, so I'm trying to find out about Kyle, what made him the person that he is now. Did, was, well, mm-hmm. I I think one of the things is that made me the way I am, and, and, and I think, not that I'm saying I'm a celebrity, but that uh, many celebrities go through, is that the things, until we get these things, we're always under an illusion that something will make us happy, mm-hmm. you know, and and many people live their entire life thinking that and don't ever get to experience actually having the thing. They go, man, if only I had $10 million or if only I was a movie star, or if only I could date that famous model or whatever. They live their life thinking that. Now, the celebrities like Whitney Houston and, um, I mean, every one of them, they they get to experience having all of that. I got to experience having almost everything that I've ever wanted. I got to experience dating the the dream girls. I've got to experience making crazy money. I've toured the entire country. I've worked with Tony Robbins. I've done all these things. And I can tell you that I've come to the conclusion that nothing outside of me will actually fulfill me. 
nothing I've I've now understood that all these things that I've chased, when I have this I'll be happy. And the reason celebrities either go that most celebrities they either go bad or completely spiritual because they they hit a wall that's so big because they've experienced everything and when you're under the illusion that when something happens you'll be happy your mind is living in the future and what happens is when you have that thing you just go what's next and your mind is still in the future and so i have come to this conclusion that nothing outside of me nothing in the future nothing getting anything will not make me happy and it's caused me to find to finally put my focus inside of me and um the byproduct of that is i just work on my creating i just do all this creating and flowing and living and then the weird byproduct of that is i get more and more and more work but it's always a surprise because i'm not looking for it and um the the reason i had that was because at one point i did 68 colleges i did i in 2004 i did i did 68 colleges in a row and literally every single day i was flying two to three flights away from the day before and um i ended up doing 68 colleges in a row i ended up absolutely exhausted and in 2005 I went on stage and I was just thinking sabotaging thoughts. I just out of boredom because I I wasn't creating new material. I was I was at a place where I could go on stage and have a standing ovation and didn't need to do new material. And I I don't know if I said this in the other interview, but I believe heavily that um if you're not creating constantly, your mind will creatively sabotage you. Absolutely. and it will come up with ways to screw you over and make you think about um you know well what if this happens and what if this happens but if you're in a creative flow do you notice how much your drama in your life is gone if you're if you're in the middle of drawing a picture or writing a song or writing a book that issue with the person you're dating is gone that right. the, everything in your life that you perceive as stress your mortgage everything is different and and um I wasn't creating because I didn't need to anymore in my mind. I I had enough material and comedy. And so out of nowhere I was on stage one night and out of out of boredom while I was doing my jokes my mind just thought a sabotaging thought. I just thought I wonder if you could think about it enough if you could make yourself faint. And this was in mm-hmm. 2005 and right when I thought that I looked at my hand and it started white I started whiting out. And um I realized I could make myself faint if I keep thinking about this. Right. And the the thought that I also had was you can't not think about something. You know, people always say if you don't if you say don't think about pink elephants, you're going to think about it. And so I kept thinking I'm going to make myself faint. And uh my fear was that I would keep thinking about this enough that I would do it when I'm on stage and it would ruin my career. And my at the time I had made the mistake of thinking that my identity is my career and the most important thing in the world. And so if my career I don't know if this makes sense so far but my my thought was if my career you know if I can't do comedy anymore I'm not worth anything. So I went to a very close to a suicidal place and um that was when I picked up my first Tony Robbins book and 
one of the things it said was you can't think of two things at the same time. Mm-hmm. And and so I realized my mind was coming up with these sabotaging thoughts because it wanted me to envision something way bigger than I had ever seen. And I realized the only way I could get out of this was picturing something so specific and enormous. And the thought I had was, what if you have the number one Comedy Central special? And I started picturing that and mm-hmm. and holding on to that. And because of that, there was no room for the anxiety anymore. Mm-hmm. And I started dancing around the house and picturing that and just staying on it, staying on it, staying on it. And I was unable to think of the the anxiety and the bizarre thing was in that three months that was when I lost 80 pounds got out of a bad relationship bought a house and I did have the number one comedy central special and then I started seeing the matrix I started seeing what an illusion that we're living in and the worst place to be I think is in the middle mediocre place I think the best place to be is either against the wall really desperate and scared or you know and and that's it really (laughs) because that's the only Mm -hmm. way that you'll you'll thrive is when you hit that you're about to discover something enormous you're if you if you can hit that wall and not get addicted to something and not commit suicide don't don't start drinking you know because then Mm -hmm. that'll numb the pain don't start taking pain pills just feel that pain and then you're forced to face something, and when you face that thing, oh my goodness, it, you learn so many new paradigms that show you the matrix that you've been living in, and once you see that, you start to change everything. You start to go, now what's possible? And then you have to face everything. Yeah, and so for me, I'm, I live in a place where, I wouldn't say that I look for problems, but if I have a problem, I get really excited because I'm about to expand the bubble again. <laughs> and um, I I really like assigning myself very specific, enormous, crazy challenges. But that also is more the achiever world, and now I'm, I'm even more about letting go. I believe that, that the more you let go of, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, you know, the Tony Robbins, teaches you how to achieve so many things and that's a great way into spirituality and your growth but I can tell you that I believe more that um, if you let go if you let go of things like addictions or you know just a specific relationship that you know that you shouldn't be in or whatever then you start to go to your natural flowing place that causes you to achieve everything you want anyway but that's i believe your natural state right. do, do you get what i'm saying that, that yeah i mean because i mean what i'm trying to get you know from you i mean i'm trying to also you know trying to make it a little bit um clearer for for our listener is the fact you know i mean you got to ask yourself why are you so attached to these these things this toxic relationship these whatever it is that you're using whether it's it's, it's uh, alcohol or whatever you addiction that you what what benefit what do you get out of it ask yourself that and i think when you become more aware and conscious of you know of the answer that comes to you because it will come to you it will absolutely come to you because i've been in that place you know what i ask myself is like well why am i doing this why am i torturing myself why am i sabotaging myself 
I deserve better. And it is a funny thing about, you know, life because when we really only aim for the best, most likely we're going to get it. But if we yeah. wanted to just be medium, I don't like average. I think average is pretty, you know, lean uh, word. I don't even like to use that word in my in my vocabulary, to be honest with you. Average yeah. is not good. You know, you know I, I was mean, thinking to myself, if I had the choice of spending the next year just partying, being handed everything, or literally in jail with nothing but a notebook <laughs> for a year, I would pick jail. <laughs> I, I I would absolutely pick jail because it would cause me. In fact, didn't that almost like sound awesome as a life coach? To, like, isn't your blueprint when you hear like, oh, could you imagine no Facebook? Could you imagine no distractions? Yeah, no- I heard you saying you wanted to erase your Facebook because I was thinking about it. But you have five thousand, you know, friends. I only have like a close to a thousand. So I mean, you know, there's a huge gap between you and I. But I think about it. I think about it the same way. I'm like, why do I have to check my Facebook every day? Why do I have to, you know? But then I'm trying to uh, send a message out. I mean, I feel like, I mean, for me, I I feel like I'm on the on the on a journey that I really want to reach out as many as many people as possible sure. to try to help them and to try to inspire them. That's the reason I do this show. I was inspired to do this show. I mean, I am very very busy. And I take the time to do this show every week, you know, and, 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 you know, producing it, putting it together, you know, trying to communicate. You know, I mean, it's 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 work. It's work. But I, yeah. do it I feel my, you know, I'm reaching more, you know, more people. And I think, you know, having Facebook, having Twitter, having, you know, all these social media out, out there, it helps us to reach right. our audience. So. Well, I had said before, like, could you imagine if in the 80s, if 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 going to the mailbox was the same as Facebook? Like, if you just went to your mailbox in the 80s, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and suddenly someone interrupted you, and, behind, and they were like, hey, man, how's it going? And you could see who all their friends were right there, and... Half of them are, you know, gorgeous to you, and then, <laughs> and then everything you said, they'd sit there and like it, and then at one point you say something, and they get into an argument, and every time they argue, someone taps you on the shoulder and updates you. You'd never get anything done, ever. <laughs> like, I believe very much that scientists are probably extremely close to a cure for cancer, but the problem is they have Facebook, and they're they're... <laughs> They're sitting there with two test tubes that they just have to pour it one into the other, but they keep checking their wall, and then they see their ex-girlfriend is friends with their best friend, and they're going, why is this happening? And, like, yeah. Facebook, you know, it's it's the most subtle, mm-hmm. uh, illusional addiction I think there is. Now, if you can go into Facebook with full intention and not get pulled off by the 25 distractions that are on there, then absolutely. My challenge is I can see that it's a subtle addiction, and and subtle addictions are the worst, you know, Mm -hmm. because if I was addicted to some extreme drug like crack, like I know that I should stop doing it. Right. (laughs) But, But Facebook, I said, I was performing at a college the other night, and I said, Facebook, if you guys looked within inside yourselves and said, how much am I on Facebook? I said, you probably would admit to yourself you're on it about a hundred times a day. And all the kids nodded. I watched them all like, that's true. Like, I am but on Kyle, it. Look, Kyle, look around you. You cannot escape these things. They are everywhere. They are on your phone. They are on your tablets. They are 
everywhere you go, you have access to check your your Facebook or Twitter, right. whatever. You know, so I mean, I think we bombarded with technology to the fact. I mean, we we really kind of crossed the line from use it to create, you know, a better society, better life, to trying right. to use it as an addiction tool. <laughs> right. Now, could you imagine though, like if you had the option? This is just a, a thought. Now, this, this maybe this blueprint works for me really well. But if I had the option of still, you know, answering all the emails on Facebook and managing everything, or canceling all of that and then being in a studio just talking into the camera all day answering questions that come in you know through another person filtering them and just asking me a question I answer the question on camera so my fans get to see me interactively talking and I can just sit in a room without all those uh, gadgets and Facebook and everything distracting me I feel like my creativity would like my my and and my results would be a trillion times bigger than the five thousand Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, I use it like I go in and I post some motivational thing, whether it's something I write or something I read that I think is inspiring. Like when I saw your video, I thought it was great, so I put it on and then I share it. Different groups, different whatever, and I just leave it and I just log off. But, you know, but, yes, I admit it. So, I, like, later in the day, I'll, like, go in there just to see it. But I don't read everybody's posts. I don't just check like, like, you know, crazy. People invite me to all these things, you know, Farmville, whatever crap, this and that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I have no time for this stuff, you know. But people are taking it. It's like this is a way of living. And, unfortunately, it's really consuming, you know. It it is how everyone's living. And that's that's why I kind of feel like, if I become one of the five people that get off Facebook, it it makes me go to a whole new level. In other words, everyone is in that addictive, crazy place, and it's causing their creativity to not be what it could be. Did, I don't know if I talked about this on the radio show that you heard me on, but did, did I talk about the comedian Louis C.K.? I don't know if you know who that is. I uh, No, I don't know who that is. Who, who okay. Here's, this is a great example of someone letting go and becoming the best. And and this guy, okay, Louis C.K., he used to be on Facebook, and uh, at one point he cancels his account. And then after that, he also threw out all his old material, and every time he recorded a new comedy special, he would throw out his material again. And it got him to a point where he could write a new special every three months. And his fan base went through the roof. And at one point, he was offered from, you know, HBO, all these specials and everything. And at one point, he decided to not even do that. Instead, he released it from his own, he released it from his own personal website. In other words, he recorded Mm -hmm. his own Mm -hmm. special, and you could download it off of his website directly for five bucks. So he cut out HBO, even. Cut out the middleman. Mm-hmm. He, he, and he made he made a million dollars in a week, and then wow. and then he donated half of that money to charity. But because he let go of half the money, suddenly CNN mentioned it, and Conan O'Brien the next day, and he got tons more press about this. And then you know millions more dollars came in, 
but it was because he let go of all those middlemen that he thought that he needed, you know, the the agencies, the HBO, everything, and it caused him to get deeper and deeper within himself and write from a deeper, truer place, and it just made him kind of arguably the greatest comic right now. I mean, he's the best comic working. What's his last name? I have to know his who name, he is. His name is, you know, just so you know... Okay, Kyle, you're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. You. My my chin okay. bumped the off button on the phone. Um, it, just so you know, he's a he's a dark comic. So uh, but, I love but, <laughs> Yeah, but his name is Louis L O U I S, and his last name are the two letters C and K, and and he's huge right now. In fact, he was just listen to this. He was just asked to speak at the um, Obama presidential. You know the. You know that dinner, the the media uh-huh, dinner. Yeah. I can't think of what yeah. it's called, but he just declined that. Uh, <laughs> for him. And and so he, you know, you can tell that he has found a connection within himself, and he's not even following one person on Twitter. Everyone's following him, but he's not following anyone, and he's not on Facebook, and all he has is a Twitter account with over a million followers, mm-hmm. and and he just writes what he thinks and doesn't care and isn't and and I can tell the byproduct of that is he doesn't care what other people think of him he doesn't live from fear and his material is really really good and really real and and uh, I believe if he was caught up and hoping that he had the right Facebook number and answering those emails and everything you know it would have been that's cool I mean but we know we we have to have like I mean he found his niche but sometimes like you know our communication with other people it's necessary to I mean you know there is the right communication and of course there's the people who just suck the everything out of you so those people you know want to hang out with of course and and uh you know but you know it's like I with Twitter I'm like everybody every time somebody follow me I I feel like I have to follow them because Otherwise, they, they'll say, oh, my God, you know. But then I, I agree with you because who cares what other people think? That's not my business. That's their business, right? Like, what's his name? Um, um, who said that one time? I think Wayne Dyer, right? Yes. People, yes. you know, people think it's of you as their business. business your yes. <laughs> but you do. I mean, I just feel like, you know, I mean, I try to give love. I'm always about, you know, giving unconditional love. I don't want anything from you, you know. So, I mean, if you're doing me a courtesy to follow me, I should follow you. It's just because, you know, you were kind to me. I mean, to me, I feel like, you know, I'm not, you know, doing anything like, oh, I just want to get, you know, people to to follow me. I don't do that. I just post things and I just leave it alone because I have my page, my Facebook page connected to Twitter. And and so it's just kind of like I post one place and it goes everywhere. Um, But, you know, I think back to... Growing up, I mean, you've been doing comedy, stand-up comedy since you were, you know, 15, you said, right? 12, actually. 12, okay. But along the way, you know, did you get the support? Were you, like, discouraged? Would your parents, your family were expecting more of you? And and how did you manage that, if there was? Um, I, 
I actually can look at my entire childhood, and I think I've broken down what caused this entire thing. <laughs> um, my mom was very proud of me when I was a little, little kid. I would, I'm a musician too. When I was a little kid, I would actually, I had two little tape recorders and I would sing one of the Beach Boys parts into one recorder and then I would play the tape and then I would harmonize with it into the other recorder and then I would take the two me's and harmonize with that and then I would do, at one point I was all five Beach Boys. This was when I was like four or five years old and my mom was so proud of me, right? She would tell everybody, mm-hmm. you know, this is amazing. Look what he's doing. And I got so much love for creating and, and being amazing. Well, I can tell that my mom went through something uh, personal when I was like nine or ten where uh, she was dealing with a uh, dis- uh, dispute with her sister and it, or someone. I, I don't quite know the whole thing, but it caused her to tense up and become more secure-based. And I had learned that mom's proud of me before that. And so all of a sudden, everything was about safety and not taking risks. And and um, it was more doubt came in because of that. So I found myself in my teen years proving to my mom how amazing I was constantly and, and renting out, um, renting out, high school theaters and and just doing amazing shows with the underlying intention how proud of me mom will be <laughs> constantly oh, cool. and and uh you know and I would rent out high school theaters and I would make really good money and I would then you know do corporate parties and company events and everything and I would make really good money I'd be like mom aren't you proud of me aren't you proud of me and and I I didn't perceive that she was proud enough I think and and um, that caused me to keep going and uh, my dad my, my my dad's mom was a very famous puppeteer she was uh, my grandma was on the Carol Burnett show uh-huh. and yeah and then her brother also was the prop man for the 80s comedian Gallagher so my my great uncle was so there was people in the entertainment industry in my family uh, in an extended family and so my dad has this you know crazy sense of adventure and when I was 15 um, uh, someone in Hollywood saw a video of me and and asked me to come down and on Christmas Day my dad drove me to LA and uh, introduced and I I got introduced suddenly to everybody and I performed at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood as a little Mm -hmm. kid and um, started seeing that I'm about to become very successful and and then so my parents were my dad was excited about this and you know was very proud of me told everybody about it and my mom was just worried that I would get hurt a lot and I think that that combination caused me to become really good because I wanted to prove to right. mom continually right. and and then you can just change my mom's approval to 300 strangers a night slowly <laughs> you know because <laughs> Me needing, me needing my mom's approval, you know, shifted to getting strangers to like me. And I think that um, Ray Romano had a great quote where he said, if my dad ever hugged me, uh, I wouldn't be famous. <laughs> oh, wow. And, okay. and, yeah, our our desire sometimes to get our parents to be proud of us is the biggest underlying thing there is. 
so you know my my family was was funny they were crazy too you know my my mom had me i'm kyle and then i have a brother named kevin and then my aunt had lyle and devin so (laughs) do you know how your grandparents could never tell you anything without naming everyone in the family before they get your name my grandpa would be like and that's why we have plutonium devin lyle (laughs) kevin aunt peggy grandma b ringo paul jackie marlin tito germaine skeletor you know, the number seven, you, the chubby one with the dimples, you know, which made me mad because I only have one dimple. But, um, (laughs) but my, but so, so I, uh, constantly, constantly seeked my mom's approval so heavily that I constantly didn't even know that I was coming up with crazy out-of-the-box ways to make money or become successful in another like I needed approval like I needed air and and uh you know when I was 15 and too young to do a lot of comedy clubs I would rent out high school theaters or I would I made a flyer for corporations and said are you having a party looking for amazing and I would I would go to the chamber of commerce and get the the mailing list for every business and Next thing I know, I'm performing at 15 for Sears and Microsoft and Nintendo, and and um, it was it was so effortless to me. And everyone looked at me as this kid, going, you know, how this is so amazing. And that that almost put doubt in me. Like, it's just my natural state to be like this. Why is everyone so shocked by it and implying that it shouldn't be done? You know, this is this is our normal state. You know, I was going to ask you that that question. You pretty much asked. I was going to say, did you ever have any doubt? You know, that's the. But the, basically, because you felt like you were doing it, that's what is natural of you. What to what you do, right? But I mean, right. okay, go ahead. When I yeah, when I was a kid and I would do something, all these adults would think the way an adult would think, and they would say to me, "Wow, I bet you're going to be a famous comedian when you're an adult." In my mind, I was already famous. Right. So I would. I would I would take that as an insult. I would say, you know, like I'm I would point out, look, the school paper did an article on me and I've been autographing them all day. <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, that's Why are, Yeah, and that's the other mistake is when we vision something, when we when we look at something, we always say in the vision, one day when I do this. Mm. Well, you're implying to the universe or whatever you want to call it it's that so you're not far. there. Right. You know, so when we say in 90 days I'm going to be really fit, you're saying out loud I'm on day one. <laughs> yeah, and, I have to tell you, I mean, I had guests, you know, uh, big authors of Wall Attraction here. I had like people talk about, and and it really, I put it to the test every time. I think the more you set yourself to create, you know, I mean, right now, because whatever it is you think about, you know, whether in the future or in the past, you're thinking about it right now. And right. never put it to later. Never say, oh, I'm going to be. No. What are you going to be right now? You yeah. know, making that decision right now, what you want to be. Because, I mean, I, I come from a big, you know, different, totally different background myself, right. you know. And, and I, you know, I was challenged in the fact that I had to, you know, make it in this, in, in a new culture and, and take the education. So I was challenged, by, you know, with my family that you have to get a, higher degrees and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes I get, you know, it's like, oh, I, I can't believe you're doing what you're doing. 
Well, to me, right. this is my passion. I love what I'm doing, and I'm very good at it because I love what I do, and I see it. I've already seen it. I already planned it. I mean, a lot of the things, and that's uh, um, sometimes it's kind of scary in the sense of, like, you know, when you think about something, you already know what it is. <laughs> right. And then right. it happens. It's 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 insane. It's, right? It's, it It is, and people go, a lot of times people that are more skeptical say, well, if you do that, then you're lying to yourself all day. And I thought to myself, you're lying to yourself all day. You're the one in the job that you don't want to be in because your mind has given you the illusion that who you are is your past. Every minute, you're constantly in an illusion that you're supposed to be in this relationship because you made a deal four years ago and now the person isn't for you anymore. And 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 we create the lies all the time. There's Our mind is set up that what it wants to do is, is have an imagination and then move towards it. That was that was our natural childhood state was you'd say to a kid, what do you want to do when you grow up? And the kid would say, I'm going to be the president. I'm going to be an astronaut. And you ask a, an adult what they want to be, and they'll tell you what they don't want to be. They'll say, I just don't want to work at Walmart anymore. And and now their mind is picturing Walmart, and they're staying there. Yeah. And... and um, I came up with an exercise. I don't know if you heard it on the radio show that you heard me on, but I came up with an exercise that has changed my entire life. Okay. It is insane, and I'll, I'll show you this. Um, I was on my way to an audition for a movie, and on the way there, I I had been in kind of a funk, where I, like a little slump, where the last eight years before that, I would go into an audition and I would worry about what they want and it caused me to be in a little bit in my head when I was in there. So I started associating kind of an anxiety to auditioning, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, on the way there, I decided to talk about the audition. Before I went in there, I was talking about the audition as if it already happened. Mm-hmm. And I started saying... Before I went in there, I said to my buddy, I go, do you remember when I went into that audition? I'll never forget this day. I said, do you remember when I went into that audition? And I don't know what happened, but I saw that it was possible, and I knocked it out of the park. I was so funny. And I I kept telling him this before I went in there. I said, I knocked it out of the park. I was so funny. The, The casting directors absolutely loved me. This big, new, confident me showed up. I was so amazing. And as I said that, what happened was, I believe usually when we try to envision something, our mind goes back and forth between the vision and checking if it's working. Do you know what I mean by that? So you'll be doing... Are you there? Hello? Hey Kyle, we having some uh, <laughs> some technical. Uh oh, I lost him. Hi, Kyle. We've been having some difficulties, I guess. 
Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, that one wasn't me, I think. <laughs> well, no, I got, I got actually, uh, yeah, uh, because I'm hosting the show on using Skype uh, for clear, you know, uh-huh. um, sound, and you, you know, so I got knocked off, and then you got knocked off. But oh, anyway, no we back. So okay, so I yeah. didn't hear everything you said about the exercise. So uh, along the way, you were practicing um, something about the rehearsing, you know, for the yeah. for the for the role. Okay, go ahead. So, but when when we envision something, a lot of times we go between seeing if the thing happened and the vision. So, if you're sitting there thinking one day I'm going to have a new car, you're going to sit there and picture it. But most of the time, your mind is analyzing if it's working, which is just causing you to practice doing that and doubting and being in fear. And so, if you talk about a vision as if it already happened. Mm-hmm. Your mind stores it as past tense and stores it as fact. Mm-hmm. And so it, it releases the doubting. And um, it puts you back in your imagination. And what's actually happening is this bizarre psychological thing where you're combining envisioning with creating. So you're sitting here saying in a creative way how you made it happen and your mind stores it as fact so you'll go in you'll sit here and go i remember going into the audition and i don't know what happened but i just became amazing and i i was just so funny and blah 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 and i just kept talking about it and eventually the next thing i knew my mind believed it and i went i went into that audition and for the first time in like eight years was just un it was unreal and you know i got a call back and went to producers then i and i started catching that what would happen if I kept talking like that like could you imagine if we talked like this like I said do you remember when we finished our interview that day yeah, on March yeah. on March 15 <laughs> and and you got off the phone and you got so motivated and you just started writing how can I get the greatest people on my show and you started inter- you know and the next week you had Michael Beckwith on and then the week yeah. after that you had David Wolf and you and you just right. kept going and i and i remember me i just started you know really working out and and answering every single fan letter that came in after your radio show and i i i had an event on april 28th through the 30th that i totally filled the room up and i started feeling so good and i i got so confident and so powerful i i mean i just remember just feeling so free now what i just did took about a minute. Could you imagine if you talked that way for a few hours? Mm-hmm. Could mm-hmm. you? I mean, it's it's almost overwhelming because it, when you keep going, it starts to you start to it starts to get to a place where it's like, and that and that's how I had dinner with Obama. Like within a few hours, you start to see how you were already they, created because you're manipulating your subconscious mind to believe because that's exactly what it is. I mean, if you're yeah. consciously doing that, you train your subconscious mind in 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 the philosophy of or not a philosophy in psychology we call it you know self talk. So that's right. one of the things that I teach my client is like, how, what do you say to yourself? What kind of language do you use? You know, and it is like a certain things that you're supposed to constantly say to yourself to kind of you know. And people say, oh, well, you know, affirmation. It's not just affirmation because some people, if you don't, if you don't believe it, you know, it's hard for you to try to make it right. happen, you know. So the belief part, that's what people have the obstacle, what comes in in the middle because they can't believe it. They can't see it. They just cannot vision that right. happening to them. 
You know, they, they like, they are not good enough for them to happen. So it's just a training. It's like anything else. But I love what you do. And I know I'm, I kept you on the show for a while, but tell me what you've been doing. I, before you tell me what you're up to, because I, I know what you're up to, but, you know, you have to remember people are listening to the show, you know, they're listening to it <laughs> for the first time, so they don't know what I know. But anyway, uh, what I wanted to ask you first, you create your own materials, right? Everything you write is yours? Oh, your of own? course. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay, well, that's that's uh, very refreshing to know because, you know, you're not using also anybody else's, you know, because you seem natural. I've, seen, I've watched a lot of your YouTube video, and, uh, um, you know, so I, I definitely, you know, appreciate uh, what you do and stuff like that. So what are you up to? What's going on? What are you doing? Well, Anything new? Um, quite a bit of things are happening. I've had uh, several several book offers. Um, I'm, I'm building just this crazy new world where I'm 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 doing I, I should tell, mention this definitely I I'm doing a seminar uh April 28th through the 30th uh that is about getting into that creative flow in other words if you come to this event you will be uh in an, a full-time creative state and you will be away from the vices and the weird byproduct of that is it'll make, you know, if you own a company and you're making videos, for instance, it'll get you so in your regular place and you'll make better videos and it'll get you better at, you know, ending your stage fright. And and we're going to work that, that type of, that talk that I just talked where you talk from the future, we're mm-hmm. going to be doing that a lot. And um, mm-hmm. it's going to be an enormous opportunity and it's going to be, so unbelievably fun, and um, I haven't even mentioned this seminar anywhere except for on another radio show. And uh, that I heard that, about. That's why I said that the first heard, time yeah. people are going to hear it. <laughs> yeah, but I actually am not necessarily sure that I'm going to blast it everywhere because okay. I really, I really like. In other words, that your listeners can hear about it, but I actually really truly like. Um, I would like this to be an intimate thing, and I want the people that come to be wide open. If I blast this to my regular comedy fans, I, I, I don't want skeptical people in the room. Can I, I come? People... Can I be in the audience? Oh, I would love to have you. You're invited. Please, <laughs> oh, please, please thank come. You. Thank and, you. And, and please come, absolutely. And, and um, it'll be in L.A. April 20th through the 30th. If anyone's interested, this is how intimate it is, you can write me at kylecease at yahoo. Okay. And I will literally and, and and say if you if someone writes me at Kyle Cease at Yahoo and says that they're interested, check this out. The event is only it's only two hundred and ninety seven dollars to to be in this three day full event. It's going to be no more than forty or fifty people, very intimate and uh you know, we're gonna record it and make a cool D V D set. That's why it's so cheap. Cause oh, I, that's and, very cool. But I, I will if people write me at Kyle Cease at Yahoo and tell me they want to go Throw your number in there, and I will personally call you back and and hear about your situation and enroll you. So any of your listeners that are interested um, can just write me at KyleCease at Yahoo. That's my direct email. And uh, if they say they're interested and throw me their number, I'll call them back and get to know where they're at and even have a talk with them and stuff and then uh, sign them up. So um, it'll be April 28th through the 30th. Very fun, very intimate, extremely cheap, and um, you know it'll be in LA, and it'll be about getting into the zone and really finding that authentic you that you have. And of course, I'd love to have you there. Oh, you're so sweet. I thank you. I, I definitely will be uh, interested in coming. So we'll see how we can work things out. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you so much. And, and please, you know, check out uh, Kyle's website. It's www.kylesees.com. Um, that spells C as in Charlie, E as in Edward, A as in Apple, S as in Sam, E as in Edward, um, dot com. Correct, Kyle? Yes. That's and your website. and um, now that website, just so you know, is you know the website from when I was just doing comedy. I'm revamping the entire thing because my okay. voice shifted so much. But people definitely, you know, what I recommend too is they can follow me on Twitter at Kyle C. Mm-hmm. And then also, I have a YouTube channel that's my that's much more my specific, you know, getting into the zone videos, mindset, you know, really fun motivational life coaching type videos that are that are um, getting some amazing response. And oh, uh, I love you. I mean, I've been like hooked. I have to like you know. So now with you in my channel, <laughs> so awesome. I add your I add your video to my channel. I mean, you know, I'm still working that YouTube things. I I try to put some some stuff out there, but you do a great job, and 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 uh, certainly, it, you know, we are um, grateful to have someone like you who is making a difference in the world. And it takes one person at a time, one motivation Absolutely. at a time. Yeah, and 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 it's so much. You know, I mean, it's even easier to kind of inspire people when you can make them laugh too. So I think, yeah, it's like it, true. You know. That's that's something else people will get at the seminar because if you've ever said one thing funny ever off the cuff, that means you have that place that you can access. And a lot of people think they're not funny, and I believe that's not true. Kids are all funny, and I believe that uh, the people are funny. They just haven't been practicing accessing that place. Yeah. And um, I'm going to show you how to find it again. It's funny so. cause you said that because my my son a couple of years ago at school, he uh, he was getting like really upset and comes home from school like really upset. And I'm like, well, what's going on? He's like, people are not laughing at my jokes. I'm like, well, maybe you know the, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I want to work with them. Oh, yeah, right? It's like, you know, it's like, mom, you know, but, you know, he got over it. Because it's like, honey, maybe you are not comedian. Maybe you're not meant to be, you know. But I, it's funny. I know it's funny. But, uh, yeah, Actually, I, I think to ask you, you I, met Eckhart. How is he in person? Because you made him laugh. I saw you on the video, and I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> oh, you saw the gate event? Yeah, that was pretty cool. How did you oh, so cool. Um. Real quick, I want to mention your your child actually has exactly what it takes to be a comedian because what they do is spend most of their life being mad that no one laughed at their jokes. So, <laughs> um, so it's perfect. Yeah, oh. yeah, definitely, you know. But he, yeah, he he cracks me up. But you know, I'm his mother, so of course I gotta laugh at his jokes. Right, but. right. Yeah, um, I working with it was Eckhart Tolle and Jim Carrey and uh, many other people. I had this event where I got to perform with you know, the greatest in, in comedy and spirituality. I mean, what better event is there for me than Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle together? I mean, it's just screaming me. So, um, yeah, I um, before the event, uh, believe it or not, I went on a 15-day juice fast. I didn't eat at all for 15 days, and I just drank juice. And the reason is because, this might sound really weird, but... I was letting go of as many addictions as possible because if I could identify what is an addiction, I realized that when I was at the event, that same part of me that let go of specific restaurants or specific foods would also let go of what Jim Carrey thinks of my act, would let go of needing the approval of Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. And so I, for 15 days, got into a very meditative state. And then 
the jokes I did on stage at the gate event were off the cuff. Almost all of them were off the cuff. And um, it was just in the moment. And I remember five minutes before performing for Eckhart Tolle, not even thinking about that. I was doing whatever I was doing five minutes before. I was getting to know the crew backstage, and it was just every moment was equally important. And it's exactly what Eckhart teaches, and I understand it completely. And um, I walked on stage, and there was there was Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle in front of me. And luckily, I had just done enough work that I was ready for this gig. And um, I said... Uh, I walked on stage and I said, this is very weird for me because I'm told all the time that I'm what would happen if Jim Carrey and Eckhart Tolle had a kid. And uh, (laughs) the audience laughed really hard. And then I said, said, you know, Eckhart, I don't know if you're picturing that. And I said, well, I guess you're not because it's thoughts and you don't have those. And, And then I said, some of you guys are probably thinking this is offensive, but that joke's in the past, so Eckhart doesn't even know about it. And... The place was screaming. Like it was, and then I said, uh, "I said it's so weird." On the way here, I was nervous, and I was listening to the Power of Now in the car. I said, "Eckhart, you coached me out of being nervous about performing for you." And I said, "If you hadn't made that CD, I'd be really nervous." I said, "Actually, that's not true. If you hadn't made the CD, you wouldn't be famous, so I wouldn't care." Ah. And then I I said, uh, "I said." but in the vid- in the thing this morning, you said you are here now, and I just realized that that was in the past when I heard that. Right. So you were lying, you know, in the place. Right. The place went crazy again, and then after that, Eckhart came and was like, "That was fantastic. That was very fun." <laughs> and Jim Carrey was like, "That was amazing." And then um, that gig was eighteen hours all day. There were two eighteen two hours. Wow. Yeah, and then Jim Carrey went on at 2 in the morning, and then uh, after he was done, there was a band that was playing Imagine by John Lennon, and I was in the back, and Jim Carrey walks in the back, and Eckhart's next to him, and Jim Carrey grabs my hand, and he looks at me, and he goes, he goes, hey, man, he goes, uh, good luck, and he had this very passionate look in his face, and then Imagine kicks on <laughs> by John Lennon while Jim Carrey is holding my hand and Eckhart's look I mean they looked like my parents proud of me and the next day I just woke up and I'm not kidding I just cried all day I just said I can't oh. believe my career I mean like it, it the pinnacle of there's there's not a more defining moment in my career than to be able to perform with and for the greatest comedic actor of all time and the greatest uh-huh. spiritual speaker and 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 the audience was 2000 of the biggest you know executives and actors and and spiritual speakers and and authors and just i mean it was really truly a fantasy gig like something that you couldn't you wouldn't be able to believe even if you planned it it would not even happen as perfect as it happened so we right think, yeah. yeah it was like i mean if you told me five years ago, oh, you'll be doing a show with Jim Carrey and Eckhart, like your mind, your mind goes, that's not a thing that happens. <laughs> like, right. like to put those two in a room together is so foreign. I mean, it's just, it was just the greatest gig, and I just thank Jim Carrey so much for being so truthful because you know he has to really face all the time. You know, does he want to be authentic with what he believes, or does he want to? be a part of the Hollywood scene, you know. Well, you know, that's interesting because I was invited to go to um, the Emmys last year. 
And it was, you know, my first time being on the red carpet, and it was like, you know, right up close in, pers- in person because some of the people who invited me actually, you know, a couple actresses. And uh, so anyway, and now I met these people, and I'm like, you know what? Anybody is at reach. I mean, you know, but the thing is, like, I spoke to a couple, couple people, not to mention names, you know, and, and they said they can really be who they want to be because of what's expected of them, unfortunately. So when you are a celebrity right. and there's a certain expectation and certain things you know, that goes with the, you know, um, but someone like Eckhart Tolle, he, he cares less, you know, <laughs> like, whatever, what? you know. Yeah, yeah, because. You know, you the quote that I love is, "You are what you love, and not yeah. what loves you." And these people are, are in a way, even though they're multimillionaires and stuff, they're still slaves to mm-hmm. yeah. approval. They're still, you know, that to to care about that is yeah. not freedom. That's not freedom. Yeah. And you know, I I believe that yes, there's times where I'm scared to say what I think, and a lot of comedians have turned on me as I got honest about my my truth. But I'm here to express what I believe. And you know, could you imagine if if Gandhi had kept his mouth shut? Can you imagine yeah. if Martin, you know, <laughs> right. if Martin Luther King hadn't right. said anything? Right. You know, it's our responsibility to say what we're truly feeling and mm-hmm. allow that to expand. And yeah, we might lose some friends, but you gain better ones when you do Well, they that. were not friends to begin with. That's why you lost. Right. There was amazing. a quote, yeah, mm-hmm. there was a quote that I read yesterday and it said, here, let me pull it up, but it said something like, your friends, uh, if your friends say to you the phrase, you've changed, they're saying, you're not the way I want you to be anymore. Mhm. Mhm. You know, mm-hmm. like and or something like that. Let me pull it up here. It's on my it's on my Facebook. Oops, I'm distracted. Never mind. No, it says, yeah. It, it, yeah, I'm I'm only I only have to have my my switchboard open. So I I try not to uh, you know, go right. on it because it seems like uh, you know, um the connection is being uh, a little slow. But anyway, Um, Here's the quote. It says, when someone says you've changed, it simply means you've stopped living your life their way. Yes, I know that quote, yes. Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. And and, and I I experienced it. I'll be honest with you. I mean, since I've been on a a journey, I'm still evolving, like Michael Beckwith says. Uh, you know, we evolve, you know, and, and the minute we start waking, you know, we start evolving, we start growing as a person. You lose a lot of people. I have lost a lot of people, and people, yeah. some people don't like me, you know, and, and that's okay. I'm okay with that, you know. Sometimes it bothers me as a as a human being, you know. It's the ego part of us that tells you, ah, oh, you know, you're not, ex- you know, ex- accepted anymore, you know, or you have to be always that pretty face, the person who expects you to be the way you are and always saying yes to everything. And you can, you know, uh, disagree with anybody else. I, I, I'm way above that now. <laughs> At least I think right. I am. So, and I don't try to live that. I mean, yes, I do like a certain things, and I, I think life has a lot of great things, and it's, it's tools. I don't get so obsessed with them. You know, so if I get invited to something so nice and fancy, I love that. Yeah, I'll be there. But I'm not necessarily going to get myself absorbed in that kind of, you know, lifestyle. It's just because it's cool or whatever. And I can't just do whatever everybody else is doing because it's cool. You know, right. I, you know, grow. You you realize, I mean, and you mentioned that yourself. You know, you, you, you don't do these things. You don't just party all night and start drinking all night. You don't. 
you know, I mean, because, uh, you know, let's face it, we went to after parties, and I've seen how people, you know, and, and yeah. you are a celebrity, too. So I'm sure you have been in so many situations where you felt like you had to fit in, correct? Yes. I mean, the biggest challenge for me right now or has been trying to find what my voice is because, really, there's no one that's done it. I mean, like, I, I'm... I try to even envision, you know, am I like a funny Wayne Dyer or am I like a motivational George Carlin? And I can't, you know, so I have to let go of finding a click to even be in. Do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. I have to let go of of everything and really center myself and connect with myself because, yeah, it's, you know, we're trying so hard to, yeah, I absolutely feel that. I mean, I, I don't go into comedy clubs as much anymore. I'm not as close with them, and and it's okay, though, you know. It's, okay. It's, and you know what I love about you, too, that I heard you saying, you know, that you meditate, and I, I, I'm a big fan of med- Well, it's not like a, something, you know, but it's it's centering yourself, finding that time of peace, you know, it, you know, on a daily basis, and I encourage my clients always to meditate, and, and of course, yoga and everything. But I, I love that. Is, does that help you grow even more? I mean, do you feel like the connection with your true self when you meditate? Um, yes, because meditation for me, a lot of people think meditation is just quieting the mind. But for me, meditation is comprehending completely that any ounce of stress or needing to fit in or anything is a complete illusion. And and it's just thoughts and our mm-hmm. thoughts not to pull an eckhart on you but our thoughts are a 100% illusion and when you start to sit and listen to the moment and you start to you start to identify a thought as an illusion um you go from being in the movie to watching the movie yeah and you start to connect with your true place and your true self and you you leave the illusion that's the biggest thing you leave the illusion of of any of this matters and what people think of you on Facebook doesn't matter all those things are thought forms and you're we live our life in this current moment worried mm-hmm. about other moments and when you comprehend that it's just thoughts and you're fine you're safe even really big stuff like you know when we have this awareness i i there's there's a lot of congressional bills that sometimes scare me that are passed and make me worry about the future and i realize that's a thought here i am in this moment deciding how it's going to be later and and scared and and doing what <laughs> those but you can but it's only you have a power over that i mean i think you can bring your past to affect you right now or you know or of course if you worry about your future but you know i mean like i i i don't like i said i am I minimize my 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 tv watching very very much but there's a certain show that i really like to watch it's just kind of like you know whether it's 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 funny it makes me laugh or it's just like carefree kind of thing. So I was watching on American Idol. One of the guys get eliminated. What's his name? I forgot his name. But his his past came out to haunt him. 
And I can guarantee you he has something to do with it. What I meant with that, like he brought it into the to, – to, I, I just to, read about this. Is it the guy that has four warrants out for his arrest? The black, yeah, the black guy, yeah. And, 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 you know, I felt sorry for him. But he actually brought it on himself, and it's really as sad as, and cruel as it sounds. He can really very much have avoided being in that position because he's a talent. He right. is a talent. And it's a, it's a shame that he has to lose that chance. To, for the people to know who he is. Because he, he let his past, you know, uh, come up in the, in the, in, in the moment. And, and if he had dealt with it and let it go and make sure he dealt with that or was honest with people, he would not have been in that situation. And I'm not here to point a finger at anybody or judge anybody. But what I'm just saying, I mean, it's, it's, it, the, the past has no power unless you give it power. Right. And he did, Absolutely. unfortunately. In his situation, he did. But uh, we yeah. all try to do our best. And, and I know you're doing so great. And I want to thank you, my friend, for allowing me to attract you to, to myself <laughs> and for my listener to, to hear you because this show will be archived again and uh, will also be available on iTunes for people to download it in the podcast section of my um, um, on, on, on iTunes, in the iTunes store. But... Uh, you know, I can go on and on talking with you, and I, I really don't want to let you go, but I know I'm not going to keep you any longer. You know, that's the funniest thing about when you tap into that consciousness place. We have this weird – it opens the floodgates because we're not in the past and the future. So, like, you know, when I have any conversation with anyone who's conscious, who's who's wide open, who isn't fear-based, it, you know, David Wolf came into my house, the raw food giant. Mm-hmm. I know came. David Wolf very well, yeah. Yeah, he came into my house and we were supposed to do a 20-minute interview. We talked for two and a half hours, and we, and our, and his assistant was trying to pull him away, and like we, you know, we had so much to say because, you know, life is in the moment, and that's how my stand-up is. That's how my interviews are. It's really truly real. It's not just some principles you you listen to Eckhart Tolle and get there. It's like no, no, no. Light, you you start to live in this flow in the moment all day and. It's so insane how beautiful it is. So that's why you and I can talk all day because we've mm-hmm. accessed that. Yeah. You know, and it's great. You know, you know I, I named this show, by the way, like I said, I have to do some editing before I repost it again. But I actually named the show, if you didn't know, Be in the Flow mm-hmm. to Be Happy. I think being in the flow will actually create joy on the inside, you know, which, you know, if we just let it be, let it be, you know, John Lennon, who sent that song? No, not John Lennon, who sent that song? Uh, the Beatles, right? Yeah, that's, let which it is be. still John Lennon. Yeah, yeah John Lennon, it's still John Lennon, right, what do I know? See, I don't know much. <laughs> but, you know, it, but, but the thing is, the fact is, I, I think the more we let go and just let it be, and just go along, simplify, don't amplify, it's like my two rules, you know, that I yeah. go by and I try to teach them as well. It's it's just you know life is what we make of it. It really is. And 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 being a playground, like you said, it is a playground. I mean, bring that child from within yeah. and let that child play and have fun. Yeah, and and I I I think that video that you're talking about that I made really shows that because all the jokes that I said in that video were off the cuff and. And um, I, I definitely would love to encourage your listeners. It's right now the featured video on YouTube. Oh, it's a great, it's a great video. I'm actually what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, uh, like I said, I'm gonna do some editing to the to the show page. So I will uh, put the link to the um, to that video on the show page. 
so people can click on it and, and go there. But go ahead. Can you, you know, tell them, you know, yeah. which? Uh, YouTube.com slash Kyle Cease. And uh, also, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter, too, is another thing, and I'll, I'll post it there. Uh, and and I, I answer everyone that writes me on Twitter, too. So, And, and the seminar's coming up, too, so that's, that's uh, going to be very exciting. Just write me at Kyle Cease at Yahoo. And we'll we'll get you enrolled. So. All right, my friend. Any last thoughts before you uh, before I let you go? I, I'm just I'm thankful for you, and I'm I'm thankful mm-hmm. for our okay, talk. Okay. And, and and I notice that every time I want to encourage everybody, that every time you just talk, you cannot see all the results that'll come out of it. Because as I talk to you, I hear myself say all these things, and and it opens the floodgates mm-hmm. more, and it inspires me. Uh, basically what you and I said inspires me. I mean, w- and, and whatever you do, you'll want to do more of. So if you're in a crabby state, you're going to want to stay crabby. And if you change it and you start to become, uh, you know, into a flow of creating, you're going to want to create more. So, like, I just got done talking to you. All I want to do is create and make mm-hmm. more things, you know. I don't I don't go, okay, I'm done working. It's time to go to dinner. I, I want to create more. Yeah. And, um I, that's why I just recommend to everybody. My my biggest thought is it's this simple. Just show up. Just, just show, show up. up. Beautiful. It's there. Beautiful. You know. And and uh, I think I say this in the video, but I believe that we're like radio alarm clocks. You know, a radio alarm clock's job isn't to get other radio alarm clocks to like it. It isn't to get approval. It isn't even to create music in the future. Its only job is to just put up its antenna and play the music that already exists right now. And that's it. And and that's what you and I just did. And it's and it's so effortless. It's just unreal. And and if you just show up and just you know, maybe put maybe put a little direction to it, and that and that's it. And just watch as creativity just flows through you. Just you just got to go through the first few minutes of leaving the consumer world, and then it's just it's effortless. So. Oh, you just said it. Leave the consumer world and 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 just start creating. Start you know. Yeah. And that's beautiful. That is really is beautiful. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, my friend. What an amazing Absolutely. person you are, and I appreciate oh, you, you for too. everything that you do. Keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it great. You're doing a great job. And uh, I would love to have you on again, and I w- maybe we can chat later, you know, via email or something about me coming. I would love to be at that seminar, so we'll see if I can make it happen. Um, and my friend, I don't know. I don't, see, it's hard for me. I don't even want to say goodbye. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how we work. We're, All right, there's a lot of love in us. And we can yeah, see much love. Much love to you, my friend. Stay right, amazing, too. okay? Take care. All right, you too. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye. 